Different, different times we're in. <clears throat> Let me say, first off, y'all have heard me say this many, many times. I don't know how close we are to the end of time or the return of the Lord, however you want to call it. The beginning of the millennium, I think, is the most crucial thing to us. I know we're one day closer than we were yesterday. So we're ever moving forward in time and have been since the fourth day of creation. We've been moving this direction toward that thing. I had often thought if I had to peg a time, I would have said it's about 70 years from now. Uh, with the events that are happening, I think it's much, much closer than that. I do subscribe to the uh, teachings that Sam has had concerning the release of those four horses and fifth coming, the breaking of the seals that I think we're, the things of God are upon us, if you will. Uh, we're seeing it manifested in all of our circumstances. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and a little bit of what we're going to do is a review, but then I want to talk about something new. You know, for some time now, y'all have heard me talking about in the book of Romans, uh, the first chapter, how it lays out the progression of man's departure from God. How uh, as man began to turn the glory that was intended for God to creation, certain things would happen. Then as he turned the worship that was intended to God for, to creation, other things happened. And finally, and I, this is where I want to uh, read directly from Scripture. On the 28th verse of the first chapter of Roman, it says, and this is the third wave of God's reaction to mankind. He says, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, <clears throat> without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and all they, although they know the ordinance of God and that those who practice such things as we mentioned above, are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Focus in on this hearty approval of those who practice them. Clearly, I think that describe that, the characteristics there describe mankind. If we talk about I'm, I'm going to use a plural we, and I'm going to talk about we, the world. We, mankind, who inhabit the world. And in a minute, I'll talk about we as the sons of God that are different from that. But initially here in this conversation, we're going to talk about we, and we're going to call that the whole globe. Clearly, those characteristics that we talked about speak to the heart and the character of mankind in the world today. Much of the, the envy, the gossip, the haters, the insolence, you know, greedy, all of those things plague mankind in the entire world. I also want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
beginning with the first verse. And this is Paul's, Paul's in the Marmontine prison in Rome, and he's writing to his spiritual son, Tim, Timothy, and he's just laying out some things. But this, this first five verses in here are very interesting. He said, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And we are to avoid such men as these. Paul's admonition. <clears throat> Paul also encouraged us when he was writing to the Corinthians, and he said, uh, I believe it's to the Corinthians, and he says, we view nothing or no one any longer in the natural. Talking about the we, now I'm talking about the we, the body of Christ. We, the children of God. We view nothing or no one any longer in the natural, but we view all things from above. Even though, he says, even though we did view Christ Jesus at one time in the natural, we don't anymore. We, we look at everything with spiritual eyes. Come up here with me and sit among me and, and see what's going on. So as we watch the events that are going on around us, I think it's, it's necessary that we take a view from God's perspective and see what he's saying and that we reflect on all that he's shown us through scripture. Uh, just so you know where some of this flavor comes from, I'm right in the middle of Isaiah right now. And Isaiah comes as a member of the tribe of Judah declaring prophecy to the tribe of Israel. Different than the nation of Israel, but to the specific tribe of Israel, who God had rejected and his favor had gone on Judah. But he began talking to them about the things they were doing. Actually calling them to a level of repentance. And that's, that's what I want to talk to us about today. Clearly, we are in a global pandemic. We are in a global financial crisis. We are in a global health care shortage. We are in a global disruption of food chains, supply chains. We're in a global uh, oil glut, if you will, if you want to call it that. Uh, our financial markets are globally influenced and globally changing. So everything that's going on right now tends to impact all of mankind. The only one who has the authority to do that is God our Father. The only one who's capable. You know, the one who can speak and the, and the mountains will rise up and the rivers will part and things like that, God is the only one that can do it. The impact of the things that we're seeing happen now can only come from the hand of God. Whether you want to say he 
instigated it or he allowed it. Gave over Satan power to do it. You know, as, as you, if you've listened to Sam's teaching concerning those spirits on those horsemen, they were given specific powers. One of them was given the authority to remove peace from the earth. Another one was given authority to kill 25% uh, of the population. Another one was given authority to disrupt commerce and create lack among us. So all of these things are coming from the throne of God, authority that comes from the throne of God. So our question should be, why? What would cause God to do such things? What would cause God to release and what is his desire? So we kind of have to go back to, you know, why would God make man in the first place? If he's just going to punish us and make us miserable and kill us, you know, why would he do it in the first place? Remember that God's intent was always that he wanted his glory to be seen in the earth today. As a, not only as a testimony to mankind, but as a testimony to Satan and the angels who rebelled against him. He wanted to put on display his character in his offspring, in, his, in man, those that he considered his offspring. And he, he, his desire was that all of us, everyone that was ever created, would carry his glory. Now, you know, he knows that wasn't going to happen, but that's his desire, that none should perish. And he set out a timetable under which all these things would happen. And I, as my understanding has always been that that timetable could move up, but it could never be moved out. That there's a day that is set that cannot change. And that's the day against which I say we're, we're rapidly approaching. I was moved Monday morning, Sunday morning and Monday morning, to talk to the Lord about the condition of the world and really earnestly seeking, trying to understand what is it you're doing? How do we join you? Where are we going? And it, it appears to me, and, and based on what I heard from the Lord, much as he did, as we read in Scripture before, where he's dealt with mankind, God has circumstances that are coming forth that are revealing the character and nature of both believer and non-believer. He's revealing things in us uh, through these circumstances, characteristics that either agree with him or disagree with him, so that we might be brought to a place of conviction, so that we might be changed, so that we might be transformed and prepared to carry the glory of God. Remember what we talked about uh, Hezekiah, when Hezekiah returned to Jerusalem and to the temple and how he had the priest of the God Most High go into the temple and begin to clean it up and to bring out all the filth and decay and put it in the, in the uh, courtyard of the temple. And then they had the Levitical priest carry it on down to Kidron Valley and throw it away. But they, they cleansed and purged the temple of God for purification purposes so that his glory could return there and be present. <clears throat> He's doing Within the body of Christ, within us, 
He is doing that very thing. He's purging us of all the filth and decay that is not of Him, so that He might, His glory might dwell within us and be seen by all the world. So that's one side He's working on to do it. <clears throat> the other side is He is trying to, uh, both through us and through the work of, of His Holy Spirit, bring conviction on the world that they might repent and change their ways, be transformed. One of the problems that I believe we have is we are in that category. We, the body of Christ, have come to the place where we are in that last verse of, of uh, Romans. Let me go back to it. Romans 1, 32. And although they know the ordinance of God and that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do they do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. In my thinking, there are three clear categories of people that... Um, were present in the days of the 12 tribes and are present today. We had, we had the 12 tribes who had come into the promised land. They all took on worship of uh, foreign gods, married daughters of foreign uh, men, pretty well disregarded God's word. All, the, all 12 tribes except for Judah who there remained a remnant. And it basically because God said that the scepter will never pass from the tribe of Judah. And we know this is the lineage through which Christ came. Through David came and, and ultimately through which Christ came. And so you had, the, you had the remnant of the sons of God in the tribe of Judah who remained somewhat loyal to the things of God. You had the nation of Israel who declared, or the tribe of Israel, who declared their superiority to everybody else and the fact that they did love God, while all along they were compromising everything. They were worshiping other gods and, and were ultimately re, you know, rejected in that day by that, the people of God. And then you had the rest of the world. Today, we have those sons of God who are sincere about their worship of God and are seeking a reconciled relationship through the blood of Christ with God their Father in heaven and earnestly uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to work and change their lives. The second group of people which I would correlate to Israel is what we call the religious right, the evangelical church, those people who believe in God and claim His name but don't walk in His ways what I call the modern day church. They, they say they love God. They have a form of godliness without its power. And then you have the world. And God would have all of them be saved, every one of them. But we as the sons of God have sat back and been silent while those who claim to know God have, have made alliances with the world. Now I'm going 
I'm going to pick on the United States here simply because we're recognized as the greatest influence in the world. There was a time when the Greco-Roman culture influenced the world more than anything, but, but for the last 100, 120 years, the United States, both our culture and everything we do has influenced the world. And um, we're the leaders in the world, and the world is envious, as, and they strive, most of them strive to be like Americans. So I'm going to pick on us because we're setting the pace. We're moving forward and setting the pace. <clears throat> we as sons of God, those as the, uh, uh, who claim to be the people of God and the, the, the world, the people in the world who are in the United States, <clears throat> we all have done things and allowed things to happen and we are routinely asking God to, God bless America. We sing it, we say it, and we do all that. We're asking God to bless a nation who has snubbed his nose, their nose at the things of God. They have failed to retain the knowledge of God or failed to retain God in their thinking. When we made decisions, when we did things, we left God completely out of it. This is, I'll pick up three easy ones. This is low-hanging fruit that I can grab real easy. Number one, we ordained capital murder when God said, thou shalt not kill. But our government, our judges ordained capital murder. We ordained the, the murder of unborn children 12, 40 years ago. We, five years ago, told God he didn't know what he was talking about in marriage. And we declared marriage to be anything we think it is and left God completely out of it. Now, our nation has set that and the world has followed it. And then we say, God, we want you to bless our nation. We want you to, we want you to bless that which is evil. We are going to call it good and we want you to bless it. That's what scripture says, and they will call the, that that is evil good, or that that is wicked righteous. And when we're asking God to bless our nation, we're asking him to bless something that's wicked, and he cannot do it. But we're sincere in our thought. So our thinking has to be realigned, y'all. We can't, we cannot, we, the United States, we, the world, cannot disregard the ways of God and expect Him to bless things that are happening. We wonder why our world's in the way it's in? Because we've lost our way. We have not gone the way we have, the way we should have. So I say to you as the children of God, first thing that happens, you have to forget you're not Americans. You live in America, but you're not Americans. You are the children of God. You are of a kingdom that is not of this world. So you have authority that, that those so-called Christians and the world does not have because you earnestly seek God and you separate yourself from the world. But what God encouraged me to begin to speak is that uh, 
We need to deal with the decay and the filth that's in us. First, individually, if the Holy Spirit convicts us about something, we need to repent of it and deal with it. When, he, when the Holy Spirit brings us something, either through the Spirit, through someone else, through circumstances, if we recognize, if God points out there's something in us that's not like Him, we need to deal with it. We need to take the filth and the decay out of the temple of God and remove, have it be removed. Next, we need to repent on behalf of the world, of mankind. We need to acknowledge. Repentance has to begin with the first, the declaration of, God, I'm wrong, you're right, and I want to change. And what God has told me he's giving us the authority to do is to acknowledge where man has departed from the ways of God, to declare it. When we did this, when mankind did this, when we ordained it, I mean, how do you think God feels when we have a gay pride parade? When we celebrate thumbing our nose at God? How do you think He feels? And we, we just let it go on. It just goes on. Somebody has to bow before God and say, this thing is wrong. This is not right. Uh, the racial tensions that, that we have in the world. If you don't think we're the leader of the world, every country in the world picked up our racial tensions and they were having protests about Black Lives Matters all over the world. They picked up the tension that is in mankind in America and did that. We all know uh, prejudice is wrong. There's, there's, no, there's no way in the kingdom of God prejudice can stack up. Somebody needs to step up and say, Father, you're right and we were wrong. The way we feel about our brother is not accurate. We, we acknowledge your sovereignty over all things. And, and mankind is wrong. The repentance, though, comes from mankind. The, the true turning and going a different way. So what the Lord said we should do is we should acknowledge the ways of God and the ways of ways of man have departed it. Call what is right, right. What is wrong, wrong. Acknowledge that God is right in his ways. Man is wrong in his ways. And then petition God to have the Holy Spirit convict mankind. So that they might repent and turn from their wicked ways. If there's something in us, we change. For those things that are in mankind, we need to begin to ask God to have the Holy Spirit convict our leaders, convict our, the people, convict all of mankind all over the globe to change our ways, to repent and change our ways. I was told today there's a, there's a small window of opportunity for us to do that. I've been waiting and watching and seeing who would lead a call for repentance and we, we haven't had it and finally God is giving it to us. But I was told today that it's going to be a very narrow window. So we need to begin, we as the body of Christ, we as the children of God, need to begin to make that declaration now. So I encourage you when you spend your time with the Lord that you begin <clears throat> to acknowledge well, first off, as I said, deal with it personally. If there's something personal in your life, deal with it personally. After that, 
as representatives of God, as his, as his standard in the earth, begin to acknowledge the failure of mankind and acknowledge the righteousness of God, ask for his, for, for his forgiveness of mankind and for His Holy Spirit to come and convict us to change, convict all of mankind to change. <coughs> now, I'm pretty convinced there may be some who do, but there may be a, a lot who don't. But beyond that, as the, as the temple of God is purified, we should begin to cry for us to be set apart from the world, to be distinguished from the world by our character, by our righteousness, by our holiness. We should ask that the Lord would have the mountain of the Lord rise up and that we would be a part of that mountain and that the world could see the glory of God in us that would cause them to say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and perhaps they'll teach us the way. We should pray and ask for the privilege to become the standard that brings on conviction on the world for their unrighteous ways. Instead of remaining silent, ignoring, or maybe even encouraging the wicked ways of man, we need to be, we need to be the standard that reveals the wickedness that's there. Many of the things that we didn't, I mean, our, our whole system, we have a system of commerce that breeds greed and envy and jealousy and competition. We have a system of banking that operates on a system of interest that is in direct contradiction to the way God said money should be used. We, we have uh, failed to steward time. We failed to steward the, the, the earth. We've, we failed to take care of things as the way we should, it's time for us to acknowledge it and say, Father, we, we as man are wrong, but we as your sons want to be, have the privilege to carry your glory so that the world might be convicted. We need to ren renounce all of our gods that we have brought up. I mean, <laughs> I was talking to Tommy earlier today and I, I said, what I realized is the world, when we're talking about, and, and the, those of us in the kingdom have, have joined it in lots of ways, our tower of Babel is the economy. This desperate thing that's going on with the pandemic right now, world leaders think if they can get the economy going well enough, that will overcome that pandemic. And what they're really saying, they're not declaring it with their mouth, but they're saying it in their hearts, our economy can help us outdo God. Whatever God throws at us, if our economy is good enough, we can overcome it. And that's silly. We need to acknowledge there is nothing that we can do apart from God. Man will not solve this problem of the pandemic with science, with medicine, or with money. The only way this thing will be, will be solved is moving God's heart to stop it. He started it and he's got to be the one that stops it. And so whatever we do, it has to be uh, in earnest encouragement to get 
mankind to change so that God need not uh, make things more difficult. Now, I'm, there are those who believe that we're beyond the point of retreat, that because these horsemen have been released and we're approaching that end day, and I pretty much agree with that, that I don't think this thing's going to get any better, but man's heart can change. And so our heart should be like the heart of God. Our desire should be that none should perish. So you have to be the watchman on the wall. You have to declare and make known not only the glory, but the will of your Father in heaven so that those of the world might see it and at least have the opportunity to choose, to pick and choose and change. They can't go to church and choose it. The church has sided with government and sided with the ways of the world. Most denominations have agreed with the politicians concerning uh, gay marriage, concerning abortion, concerning uh, capital murder even. Most of them have gone the way of the world. So they can't go to what we call the church. They have to go somewhere else, and that's all. You are the mountain of the Lord. You are the sons of God. You are the royal priesthood, the order of Melchizedek that is in the earth today to carry and demonstrate the will and glory of our Father. And you're the only hope that those around you have of knowing who God is. So I encourage you to consider on behalf of mankind. Get beyond ourselves. Deal, deal with our own sin. Make sure we've dealt with that. And to cry out to God for His Holy Spirit to convict men and women individually that they might, be, they might come to uh, the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but beyond that, that their minds might begin to be renewed so that they might be transformed. Beg and plead with God in your intercession to bring forth His mercy through the conviction of His Holy Spirit. We are there. We have a brief opportunity. Let's get after it and repent on behalf of mankind. Okay? Thoughts, questions, comments? Okay. Thank you, Louie. Good to see y'all. Y'all remain safe.